Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we've been working our way through the book of Mark and enter chapter 6, where Jesus returns home after many amazing miracles on and around the Sea of Galilee. There he was constantly surrounded by crowds who were at least amazed by his miracles, if not his teaching. Well, that changed here. The question and the title of this week's sermon is, What would make the Son of God wonder in amazement? He wasn't amazed by his own miracles, so what could it be? The answer will be the topic of discussion this week as you join us for today's slice of the message entitled, What Made Jesus Wonder? Well, it worked out wonderfully for me this morning. Dirk chose one of my all-time favorite hymns, I Am His and He Is Mine. And in the early service, Bruce Smith also chose that one. It was the favorite hymn of uh, Dr. Charles Feinberg, dean of the seminary where I studied. And uh, he would lead our chapel uh, one day a week on Thursdays. And we always sang that song, all the verses that were in the hymnal that we had. And uh, first it started out just getting to know it, and then it gradually became one of my favorites. And then uh, I was in a carpool situation a guy would come by and uh, pick me up Marcia and I had only one car and she got the luxury of driving our 1961 Ford Falcon and so uh, I got a ride in my uh, in my friend's Trans Am to where we would head off for school every morning and I would always uh, stand out on the street waiting for him and I just thought well let's let's make use of this time so I started singing that song to myself and uh, pretty soon by about the middle of the first semester, I could do more than one verse, and then two verses, and then three verses, and then uh, all four of them. And I, I've been known to revert to that one at any moment, just to know that I am His and He is mine. Now, it is also true, as we sang a moment ago, I'd rather have Jesus than anything. And we're going to see him portrayed yet again in our passage for this morning. But I think it would be an understatement to say that people were amazed by Jesus. What he said and the manner in which he taught blew them away in contrast to the teaching of the scribes and the Pharisees. The miracles that he performed were nothing short of astounding. No one ever did what Jesus did, even when he gave the same power to the apostles for a short span of time, like we read in Acts 3 this morning, they, they never produced the volume of miracles that Jesus did. People were truly amazed by Jesus. Now, there are two times, but just two times in the Gospels, that it says that Jesus was amazed, amazed by people. Both of them had to do with faith. One of them was positive, one was negative. The positive one was what Jesus said about the faith of a Gentile. 
There was a Roman centurion who came to him and, and, and wanted his slave to be healed. And the man, as Jesus turned his way, said that Jesus need not come to his house because he's not worthy. He knew that Jesus could heal him from afar, and he did. And Jesus healed the man by remote control from who knows how far away. And we read of it in Luke chapter 7, verse 9. Now, when <laughs> Jesus heard this, when he heard the guy say, Oh, just heal my slave. You don't even need to come to my house. He marveled at him. He was amazed. That's what the word means. Amazed, marveled, same word. And he turned and said to the crowd that was following him, I say to you, not even in Israel have I found such great faith. That was amazing to Jesus. Now, it's hard to be amazed when you're omnipotent, omniscient, I should say. But he was amazed. He pointed that out. Now, that word translated marveled there is thaumadzo, which means amazed. And you're going to see it in our text for today. Now, here comes a spoiler alert. The other time that that word is used for Jesus' reaction to people is in our text, and it's not the positive one. Skip down to the verse where we're going to end, Mark 6, verse 6. And he wondered at their unbelief. Wondered there is that same Greek word as marveled and amazed. It, it has a range of meanings. This sentence tells you that what you're about to see in our text for this morning, Mark 6, 1 through 6, this is all about unbelief. It's about a total lack of true faith. And it's so profound that Jesus was amazed by it. The word translated unbelief is the word faith with the alpha in front of it. Like we put an A in the front of something and it negates the word. Uh, it is opistus, unbelief. Unbelief or refusing to trust God and His Word is a devastating thing. It's a, a very powerful influence in someone's life. First, it harms you in this life, robbing you of many blessings. Then it ruins you for eternity. The track record of the people who failed to exercise faith in what God had said is a, a seamless string of tragic stories. Satan started that chain when he started the introducing unbelief when he tempted Eve. Remember what he did? Quoted God's word, but got her to doubt it. And then she tagged Adam to follow her down the path. Eventually, we, we come to a generation where all but seven people in the world refuse to believe the repeated warnings that God gave them through Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and the invitation that he gave them to, to get on the ark and be saved. And that whole world at that time drowned in unbelief except for eight people. There were 3,000 people who were slaughtered by God's appropriate judgment in Exodus chapter 32 when no less than Aaron caved in to the voices of unbelief and he agreed to lead the people into false worship. Then Israel went through the wilderness for a while just until they got to the front door of the promised land and they sent in 12 men to spy out the land. And remember, 10 of those 12 spies who, who visited the promised land came back and gave a profoundly rousing speech of unbelief. And they carried the day. The vote was 
Ten to two, we can't go in there. They doomed a whole generation to die in the wilderness. Follow through the entire history of Israel, even after they were in the the land. And it's dominated by, oh, some high points to be sure, but a cycle of repeated apostasy and unbelief. And God patiently and faithfully worked with them, sent them prophets and chastened them. And He finally brought them His promise of captivity for their continued unbelief. And with only flashes of revival, even after the captivity, the pattern continued until we come to the days of Jesus. Stephen paraphrased that whole time of history just before he was stoned to death for his proclamation of the gospel and a great chapter, Acts chapter 7. I've got to preach that sometime. Peter, or, I'm sorry, Stephen says this as he's about to be stoned. Speaking to Israel, he says, You men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit. You're doing just what your fathers did. Which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They killed those who had previously announced the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become. You who received the law as ordained by angels, and yet you did not keep it. That's the essence of unbelief. Here's what God said. No, thank you. I'll do it my way. I don't like that. That's not convenient for me. What you're going to see today from the village of Nazareth where Jesus grew up is a microcosm of the ages-long history of unbelief despite plentiful and gracious revelation from God about His goodness and mercy. He has always provided the way of salvation. The one and only way of salvation is by God's grace through faith in His Son. And you must believe who He is. You must believe Him. You must trust Him. Jesus said to the leaders of the Jews, John eight twenty four. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins... Unless you, what? Believe. Believe is the verb form in English. Faith is the noun form. Unless you believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. You must have faith in Jesus Christ. We're familiar with John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever, what? Believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now keep reading in that context, which very few people ever bother to do. You come to verses 18 and 19. Jesus says, He who believes in Him, meaning the Messiah, the Savior, is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the judgment that the light has come into the world and men loved the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. That's why people don't believe. They love their evil deeds. And it's terribly inconvenient to be convicted of your evil deeds. So people reject it. Now Mark's gospel is all about showing you that Jesus is the Son of God. Remember, that's the title of the the whole gospel. Chapter 1, verse 1. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. 
This whole gospel is so that you can believe in Him and be saved. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.